six foot six above sea level. I grab the mic because I like to take you to another mental level. No Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Public Affair. It's Wednesday, June 8th. That means you've got me. I'm Carousel Baird, and I want to remind you, you are listening to volunteer-powered, listener-sponsored community radio, WORT 89.9 FM, Madison. And we are now going to continue our conversations about the upcoming elections. Remember, um, there is a primary election happening here in Wisconsin in August. The general election is coming up in November. We have been interviewing candidates uh, for the Assembly District 46 so far. We will continue with our final interview of one of the candidates um, for Assembly District 46. That's coming up for the second half of the show. We'll be talking with Mike Jacobs. But for the first half of the show, we actually are really excited we have a special guest. Um, we're going to be talking about the Wisconsin Elections Commission. You know, that that sort of confusing, nebulous, used to be nonpartisan, now it's a New reinvention, not so new anymore, a political partisan uh, entity that makes decisions about elections in Wisconsin. And there doesn't seem to be parallels to it in other states. We're going to talk about the things that are going on with that. Um, our guest for the first half of the show is Jesse. I'm going to get this right. Opoyan. Jesse Opoyan is the um, what is she? She's the Capitol Bureau chief for the Cap Times. Hey, Jesse, how you doing today? Hey, Carousel. Thanks for having me on. It's wonderful to have you. So there seems to be a lot going on with the Wisconsin's Elections Commission. Let's sort of start at the top. Wisconsin um, Elections Commission member, a Republican commissioner, Dean Knudsen, abruptly resigned last, uh, was it last week or sort of a week and a half ago, the final week of May. Why did he do that? Yeah. Um, so, you know, nothing is easier or not messy when it comes to election administration in Wisconsin, um, increasingly so. Um, and so Dean Knudsen um, was basically feeling the pressure from, um, you know, all ends of the Republican Party. There's really kind of a, a split between the party, uh, between folks who believe that the 2020 election was stolen and folks who say it's time to move on and um, stop relitigating a two-year-old election that has obviously been found to, um, you know, not have had widespread fraud. Uh, so he um, basically, you know, has, has been in that, that other camp saying it's time to move on. Um, you know, the election wasn't fraudulent. It wasn't stolen. And he felt that, and I think it was sort of communicated to him that he couldn't really effectively represent the Republican Party on the commission anymore um, with that point of view and with that attitude. Mm -hmm. So he decided it was it was time to step down. It's really interesting to sort of see that play out um, as, you know, in the media, it's so hard to tell, you know, which side of the split is 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 gaining momentum or really has the majority of backers of the Republicans in Wisconsin, let alone the Republicans across the country there. It, it's so fascinating to sort of watch that pull of exactly as you're talking about Republicans that think it's time to move on and Republicans that are still feeling that the election was stolen. Uh, allegations that have been discredited. I don't want to sort of perpetuate them here on the show, but do you think that it's an even split or is it really hard to tell? Um, you know, if, if there's 
the best measure that I have, I think, was being at the um, the party state convention a few weeks ago. Okay, where there was actually a, a vote. Um, there was a resolution introduced to um, call for, I guess, decertifying the election results, which again is not something that can be done. But uh, it it got between like thirty. It was like thirty or forty some percent of the vote. So it's not an insignificant portion of the party but mm-hmm. it's not necessarily probably i don't think it's an even split um mm-hmm. and it's it's certainly not a majority but um but it's vocal but it's still it's still right 30 to 40 percent is not it, it's bigger than a small faction but not at the moment the majority of the votes interesting interesting um okay so back to the elections commission dean knutson stepped down uh and now the timing of his right uh, resignation he stepped down just as the election commission was about to vote for the next chair and potentially he was in the position to become chair and now are they chairless how does where are they right now <laughs> well so the the rule is that it has to alternate back and forth between a democratic appointee and a republican appointee so ann jacobs is the, is the current chair and she's a democrat and, and her term is soon coming to an end um they they're not chairless. They just kind of pushed the vote off. Um, okay. They delayed it until a new appointee could be named, which happened uh, today, just a few minutes before I joined you. Moments um, ago. So Assembly Speaker Robin Voss, uh, it was his appoint- appointment to make, and he appointed Don Millis, who is a uh, tax attorney from Sun Prairie, and who actually did serve on the commission very briefly uh, in 2016, just for about a year. Um, he was an, He was appointed then by... Scott Fitzgerald when he was Senate Majority Leader. Um, so he's got some experience and his uh, appointment came with praise from Tommy Thompson, from Robin Voss, from uh, Michael Gableman. Um, so I think they're kind of trying to bring together maybe some of those some of those warring factions and uh, um, get sort of a consensus pick. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah. They meet again on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Those names that you just spoke of supporters, Tommy Thompson, I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, is is sort of from the faction of let's move forward. And uh, Gableman is of the faction that is still investigating the 2020 election. So that looks like at least there's consensus uh, from the Republican side around this individual. Yeah, that's that's right. So, um, you know, we'll see how that how that translates throughout the party in the sort of grassroots wings. But um but I think they're, they're they're hopeful that that's the case. That's where they are right now. Okay, break breaking news. Jesse, you're bringing us breaking news. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. Um, okay, can we take a step back now? Um, and can you remind us a little bit about the Wisconsin Elections Commission? You talked about how it switches sides of the chair from a Democrat to a Republican. Is it evenly split? How did this? Give us a little history of this. Sure. Um, <laughs> we can go back to uh, the early 70s, actually. Oh, goodness. Um, when there there were two commissions for a while, there was an elections commission and an ethics commission. They were structured a little bit differently than there are now. Um, prior to that, our secretary of state did actually oversee elections. But since about 1974, that's been um, transferred over to these boards or commissions. And uh, in, oh, the early 2000s, I want to say, a post-caucus scandal was when the legislature decided that these commissions were maybe a little bit toothless and they should 
reform the whole thing. So that was when we got the Government Accountability Board, which was made up of retired judges. Um, so designed to be nonpartisan, um, you know, chosen by still by, you know, political uh, elected officials, but, um, you know, ostensibly nonpartisan. And that existed for a while until 2015, uh, when Republicans in the legislature were not happy with the GAB. Um, it had been participating in the John Doe investigations of Scott Walker's campaign, um, among some other things that had frustrated them. So that was when uh, Republicans voted to get rid of the GAB <laughs> and replace it with the Elections Commission and the Ethics Commission. And so the Elections Commission is the body that sort of hands down guidance to local election officials who actually you know, administer the elections throughout the state. So it started with and the Elections Commission and the Ethics Commission, there was a, a feel that they were too political and afraid to do their job because of the political influences. Uh, and, and no one's saying on one side or another, just that they were, you know, not toothless, as you said, and, and not really protecting our elections. So they created the Government uh, Accountability Board, the GAB, and then... The decision was they were too nonpartisan and maybe not bowing down to political desires and they went back to where they came from. Is that accurate? Yeah, something like that. I mean, I, the, the people who wanted to get rid of the GAB would, would argue that they thought it was becoming partisan in a direction that didn't benefit them. That's, mm -hmm. you know, that would be the point of contention from the, the, the people who actually, you know, passed those laws. But, okay. but yeah, here we are. And now, um, you know, there's even some division within the Republican Party over whether the Elections Commission should continue to exist or if it should be eliminated and things transferred back to the Secretary of State, which is you know not a way that we've operated for about 50 years. So is it common, the Wisconsin Elections Commissions, how does this parallel to what exists in other states? And the Election Commission, it has six individuals, three Democrats, three Republicans. So it, it's partisan, but balanced in the partisanship right um so it's uh it's not uncommon i mean it's it's sort of one some states have somewhat similar systems i i don't know and i and i it's a good question to ask what the partisan makeup slash balance you know is in other states um obviously the issue with it being three and three is that you can have deadlocks and um you know kind of be forced into inaction um so there um there's that, but it, we are actually somewhat unusual in not having a secretary of state running our elections. Um, there are a lot of, that's the case in a lot of states. What was very unusual, the, the GAB was a very unique model and um, hmm. not replicated in, in a lot of other states. Interesting, interesting. Um, okay, so we have the standard now. And, oh, it looks like we have a caller. David is calling in, and he has a comment about the legitim legitimacy of the Wisconsin Elections Commission. And, okay, thanks for waiting, David. What are your thoughts? Oh, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, regarding the fake electors, uh, the the Republican Party, well, I guess first thing is a header. Uh, the, the Republican Party is no longer uh, the, they're, they're almost the third party in America. Uh, as I understand it, the, the Republicans make up some 20% of the electorate, Democrats make up about 35%, and third parties, uh, independents, make up well into the 40% range. Hmm. And so the, for Democrats and Republicans to be basically hogging that commission seems inappropriate just to, from the start. 
But when you start looking at the fake electors issue, and you start, uh, I, I think there's a, a Louisiana newspaper called the L.A. Illuminator, and it does the full list of all of the fake electors in all the seven states. And when you start looking at Wisconsin, there are leadership of the GOP who were those fake electors. You can see their okay. signatures. Uh, yeah, you can see their signatures that they submitted to the uh, National Archives and committed fraud when they did it. And so the Republican mm -hmm. Party has not forced any of those people to resign. They've never apologized for what they, how they basically tried to steal the entire state's vote, and uh, and and basically put Wisconsin on a a, a list, you know, as sure. being a, a a troublesome state, someone willing to commit perjury and fraud. Hmm. So you know, you never put a person who committed fraud in a position of power. Yet the. GOP in Wisconsin still has those people in well, leadership. Let me, so I'm just, David, let, yeah, me, let me hold you there. I really appreciate that comment. And Jesse, I wanted to get your thoughts on that sort of, I think David might be hinting a little bit at another one of the uh, Republican appointed members of the election, uh, the Wisconsin Election Commission, who who was an individual that was listed as a elector uh, for Donald Trump in 2020. Am I, am I getting those facts correct, Jesse? You are. That's that's right. Um, yeah, Robert Spindell is uh, one of the Republican commissioners, and he was one of those 10 uh, GOP uh, false electors who, who submitted those signatures. Um, and he, yeah, he, he is, you know, potentially in line to become the next chair, depending on how the vote goes. Interesting. That's interesting. Well, David, thanks for, you know, talking to us about that and, and helping us sort of add add the, the that perspective to the conversation about the Wisconsin Elections Commission. Um, Jesse, now I want to ask you about something else that's happening with the Wisconsin Elections Commission and, and what it is it seems to be their sort of part of their role to oversee the election, the statewide election process, the Republican candidate, one of the Republican candidates for governor, Tim Michaels, who's been endorsed by former President Trump. He had a complaint filed against him. Um, I think it was just last week. Tell us about that complaint and 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 what the process is now before the Wisconsin Election Commission. Sure. Um, and so he's one of, I think, about a dozen uh, candidates who have had a complaint of, of some sort filed against them, including Democrats and Republicans. But his is interesting. Um, so it's uh, it's a Madison voter who filed this, and it's um, being funded by the Democratic Party, a state, the state party. Um, and it alleges that more than 3,500 signatures from Tim Michael's submission. So you need to you need to submit at least 2,000 valid nomination signatures to get on the ballot. You can okay. submit as many as 4,000 for them to choose from because chances are some of them are gonna be invalidated for one reason or another. Um, the issue here is that, uh, so Tim Michaels mailing address is not the same as his voting address. Same house, same everything, but you know, some, some places, particularly rural areas, right? Um, you've got like village of, you know, X and then your mailing address is it's a sort of larger, you know, municipality sure. nearby. Yeah, um, that so, happens. Even in Dane County, that exists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not it's not at all uncommon. Um, there are other candidates who have the same issue. 
the the complaint contends though that because that's the case he needs to list both of those both his mailing address and his voting address on his papers um and so the the complaint finds that i think uh 450 some of his nomination papers don't include the mailing address they just include the voting address and so they're looking to have all of those uh signatures invalidated which would leave him you know well under the threshold um for that to get to on, be, the, ballot. To get on so the ballot how, what is sort of the reaction to this i mean this feels t- taking away my opinion first of all i will confess i know very little about governor tim uh governor candidate tim michaels um taking away any opinion i would have of him this this seems like a, a technicality that I, I feel like most people get get strung up on i remember my mother-in-law had a house in verona and her mailing address was madison and we were trying to figure out who if she was voting in madison city council i mean just random things that i i think happen on a regular basis throughout wisconsin what is sort of the feel uh the opinion of this yeah i mean i've i've talked to um folks on both sides of the aisle who have engaged in ballot access challenges before it's kind of part of the job of the parties to try to get candidates knocked off the ballot sure. it very rarely happens and that's because you know we we do have a history as a state of of favoring ballot access and kind of i think honoring the the spirit of the law even when you know maybe there's a technicality at issue like you mentioned um you know some of the, there's there's sort of two cases that stand out in my mind where someone was booted off the ballot one of them was a a few elections ago in um, an assembly district in watertown and in that case the candidate had actually collected forged signatures which is you know that's a very different different issue (laughs) yes right correct Um, that would be so so, you know in that case you got a pretty clear-cut you know issue and and actually a crime being committed um and the other one was in 2020 uh the Green Party vice presidential candidate had listed two different addresses on her nomination papers. Uh, apparently, she had moved at some point during the process of collecting papers, and she just didn't um, get them get it sort of uniform across the papers. Um, and so that complaint went to the Elections Commission and ended up they ended up deadlocking. It was a three three vote. Really? So it ended up going to the courts, um, which is you you can appeal a decision. Um, or, you know, more, more likely than not, uh, I think this Michael thing might end up in court. Uh, so in that case, it ended up going to the state Supreme Court, and it was a 4-3 decision to uh, not let them on the ballot. But that was a pretty controversial decision, and there's still a lot of backlash to it. And even that is slightly different than this issue of it's the same address. It's just uh, the village of Shaniqua versus the village of Heartland. Right. Oh, goodness. And if I remember... The details of that in 2020, didn't it also have to do, part of the Supreme Court decision was, we're just running out of time. I remember the the clerks throughout the state saying, oh my God, I have all these ballots. I want to get them out. What is going on? Is this person's name on the ballot? Is this person's n- name not on the ballot? And there was this time pressure that existed. Did that factor into it? And it, does does that time pressure automatically happen or are we still early enough in the process? Um, yeah, that was a, that was a factor. And okay. that was in part because um, the, the Green Party candidates waited a really long time to bring their their challenge. Ah, um, so said, okay. you, you guys waited too long. It's too late. And exactly as you said, you know, the, the ballot printing issue 
is a problem. Um, so it will be a tight timeline if this does become something that goes on beyond this um, this Friday meeting where they're going to vote you know, vote on this. Uh, they do need to settle it pretty quickly because those ballots need to start being printed within a few weeks um, to, to get them ready for the August primary. And this Friday, because what's happening this Friday? Yeah, this Friday, the uh, Elections Commission is meeting. And so this is a normally scheduled meeting to deal with any sort of ballot access challenges, um, which, as I mentioned, there are, there are a few other ones. Um, there's actually a Democratic Assembly candidate who has the exact same issue that Tim Michaels has um, with this uh, mailing ah. address, voting address thing. So, um, you know, if they roll one way on one year, it's likely to you know go the same for the other. Uh, so, yeah, so they're meeting on that and they will also be electing the new chair on Friday. Mm. So it'll be an exciting meeting. An eventful Wisconsin Elections Commission meeting on Friday. Um, all right. We have another call coming in. Kyle, you had a question about the Government Accountability Board. Hi, Kyle. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Carousel. It's the same Kyle you served I, with on the county board. I thought it would be you, one of my favorite Kyles. Nice to hear you. Yeah, well, I, I worked for the state elections board and the government accountability board previous, or, um, after that, and I just wanted to comment on the sort of moving the goalposts um, actions that the Republicans have been taking in, in the legislature. You know, they changed it from the elections board and the ethics board to the GAB, and then they didn't like that, so that they changed it to an elections commission and ethics commission. But the GAB was held up nationally as a model for nonpartisan um, state agency that basically, you know, worked on campaign finance, ethics, elections, et cetera. And the the Republicans decided they didn't like it because they weren't getting what they wanted out of it. And, and I just think it's fascinating now that you've got three Republican gubernatorial candidates who say they want to actually get rid of yeah. the elections commission now and instead send the powers back to the secretary of state which was already discussed in the 70s as highly partisan and so i just wonder you know if rebecca cleefish for example gets the nomination for governor how she's going to defend um changing from the elections board to the government accountability board which was actually cited in a book by ohio state university professors as a national model for a nonpartisan. Um, administration of hmm. elections and ethics and now she, she's going to say that this is not working and we need to have it back to the secretary of state it's just a matter of moving the goalposts again and again and people need to pay attention to what's really excuse me what's really going on which is um, they're not getting the results that they like so they're trying to change the rules again it's it's sad i just wanted to yeah jesse wanted to comment on that constant change because um, some legislators don't get what they want out of, you know, another iteration of election administration. Thanks. Kyle, Kyle, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Jesse, what are your thoughts, especially about, can you comment on some of the candidates that are running for governor, their their statements about uh, returning election oversight to the Secretary of State? Sure. Um, and I, I appreciate Kyle's call and would uh, just point out and note uh, if if folks want to go read in February, my coworker Jack Kelly and I wrote a cover story for the Cap Times, and the headline was "Wisconsin Republicans Race to Reinvent State's Election System mm -hmm. Again," and that was and we got into a lot of the history and, and spoke with some of the people who'd been 
you know, involved in an elections administration for all those decades and, and got a lot of the history that Kyle was just talking about. Jesse, um, Jesse, wait, say the name of that. I, 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 I was making a noise of agreement with you, and I think I overspoke, uh, made noise over you. The name of that title is Republicans Change It Again. Yeah, Wisconsin Republicans raced to reinvent state's election system again. And that was uh, February 9th that, that ran so gotcha. a few months ago, but um, still pretty relevant to the conversation that we're having today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so how does that tie into this? What is the conversation about this role of secretary of state? Um, you know, so as as probably a lot of listeners are aware, you know, the, the state's had its Democratic secretary of state for a very long time. Doug LaFala gets reelected. Um, pretty much every election. And um, the office really doesn't have a lot of power right now. There is a Republican running for the office who's running on the platform of bringing back more election administration uh, powers and authorities to that. Um, but the argument basically is that the, you know, the, the Elections Commission issued guidance during the pandemic that didn't necessarily jive with state law. A lot of that is being continuously litigated um, things like drop boxes and um, special voting deputies and nursing homes um, policies that just weren't really clear on how they should be handled during the pandemic um, issued guidance. The clerks followed that guidance and uh, some folks are you know, saying, well, the, you know, they acted wrong. They mm -hmm. should all be booted and we should start over, you know, build from the ground up, whether that's, ref you know, whether that's just sort of, reorganizing the commission or getting rid of it entirely bringing it back to to the secretary of state but you know it's it's not supported by all republicans um you know voss has said he supports keeping the commission uh, dean knutson who resigned was part of creating the commission and he said you know he he thinks it should stick around so it's not uniform across the board within the party but it is pretty uniform uh, with those gubernatorial candidates that they do want to get rid of the commission Fascinating. Fascinating. Well, it just shows that this conversation will continue to be politically re relevant for the duration of the election cycle of uh, the primary in, in August and the general election in November. Uh, so I, I have a feeling we're going to hear more about the Wisconsin Elections Commission. We are talking and finishing up our conversation with Jesse Apoyan. Uh, she's the Capitol Bureau Chief for the Cap Times. Thank you so much, Jesse. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day.